welcome to the Where Does It Come From podcast. I'm Jo Salter, your podcast host and founder of Where Does It Come From, a social enterprise focusing on kind clothes that tell tales. In this podcast, I'll be chatting with amazing people who've dedicated themselves to making our world a better place through business, social enterprise, campaigning and much more. In this episode, I'm chatting with Ali Nurbash of RootTip.io. Ali is a serial digital product developer, producing software and apps for over 20 years in London, solving problems from public transportation to financial services. He started RootTip to enable sustainable and ethical businesses to clearly communicate their impact at the point of sales in order to increase conversion and also to create transparency. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Where Does It Come From podcast. Today's guest is Ali Nurbash, and I've practiced that name. <laughs> Apparently, well I got done. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Who's going to talk to us about um, his storytelling transparency tool, Root Tip? And I've known Ali for a few years now. Um, welcome very much, very much. Welcome a lot to the Where Does It Come From podcast, Ali. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's an honor. A pleasure to have you. Um, I love what you do. Um, so we're going to talk quite, uh, we've got quite a lot of different things to cover today. So the first thing I think is, please introduce yourself to everybody. Tell us about your background and what led you to setting up Root Tip. Did you have a eureka moment? Mm, no, the, for sure. So uh, uh, hi, everyone. I'm Ali Nurbach, CEO, founder of uh, Root Tip, a tech startup in London. Uh, my background is digital product development. I've been building software and apps for enterprise all the way to uh, uh, scale-ups and startups for the past like uh, 15, 20 years in London. From public transportation all the way to financial services, uh, I, I love finding a challenge uh, and, and try to find a solution for that. And, and hopefully through that process, we make the world a better place. Uh, uh, so that's that's who I am and that's what I love doing. And and I guess my my journey with transparency started uh, around four years ago, where um, I had one day I was like just thinking that how is it that I buy stuff? I have no idea where they come from. This is very strange. And uh, and 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 everybody acts as if like things like grow on supermarket shelves. <laughs> like we just go there and, and collect the stuff. Whereas like these uh, products travel for uh, thousands of miles, there are a lot of people involved. Sometimes there are really bad things that happen both to people and the environment. And and we are essentially part of that chain. Um, so I started sort of reading more about that. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I read one article about coffee supply chain and how very little ends up with the farmers. It was much worse than I thought. I knew that it was bad, but it was much worse than what I thought. And I thought like, you know, I, as a conscious consumer, I'm still part of that uh, uh, terrible chain. Every time I buy a cup of coffee, I am part of that. Uh, so I thought I need to do something about it. So I started sort of as a good product person, I started sort of researching uh, the, uh, the the market. And, and, and I realized actually within the consumer space, the highest desirability is within food and fashion industries. 
uh, and I didn't have any uh, sort of contact or background in this industry. So I started sort of uh, just doing more research, talking to more businesses within these two verticals, trying to identify where we can add value and how we can actually change the world uh, to be a better place. Because I thought my, you know, creating a more transparent uh, sort of world would enable us to sort of uh, raise the bar for bad actors and, and, and so so less people are can actually uh, be bad to the environment and other people again you know the, they're always going to be bad actors but if you raise the bar hopefully you can make it difficult for people and, and sometimes you know there are businesses not all businesses are bad and businesses who even do bad things they're not intentionally designed to do that they're just designed to make money and that's that's the problem uh what we need to make sure that as part of making money they are incentivized to actually do good and and transparency is part of that uh sort of uh solution or at least what we believe so sort of sort of working with these businesses i realized uh sustainable ethical businesses actually have um uh a lot of really beautiful stories and it's their uh, sort of uh, uh, unique selling point. That's their competitive edge to actually tell that the stories to the customers at the point of sales. And they have this problem at the point of sales to actually where they actually communicate these stories. You know, people have a stories on their uh, sort of a st- website under sustainability about us, these sort of things. But in reality, when a customer is looking at their product and making a decision whether or not to buy that, these stories are not there. So in a physical world, in a retailer space, again, a customer doesn't see that. Uh, and even online, when they are actually on their uh, website, they're looking at a product page. Uh, you know, Not many people actually go all over the website to find all these beautiful stories about that brand and what they're doing and their the beautiful impact they're creating. So it's a missed opportunity and that was a big pain point. So we were like, great, this is a good place that we can start uh, to really focus on uh, storytelling. How do we actually tell the story of the product and in order to create transparency and, and gradually change the world uh, in, in that sense, change the way that we buy stuff. Um, uh, so that was the Eureka more and that's how you know the, the whole thing started and, and, and we started sort of building the whole platform. I think I think anyone listening won't be surprised that you and I came across each other at some point <laughs> because storytelling and transparency. But I really love what you're saying there about um, I, I love that analogy of people think people gr- things grow on a supermarket shelf because that is exactly it, isn't it? You know, one thinks beyond the supermarket shelf, that point of sale. Exactly. And I love what you said there about telling the story at the point of sale because you're absolutely right and that's what I was trying to do with where does it come from putting a QR code on the product label but even then you know I don't know whether people even look at the product label I always try and encourage people to do that but Mm -hmm. um, really people are like you say they're looking at the price they're looking at will it suit me what what it's made of kind of thing but yeah Mm -hmm. no it's it's a fascinating fascinating thing that that you've you've been working on and I love the, the way that you came to it in that particular um technology point of view a problem solver because most of the people we seem to get on the podcast think the same way they think what is this problem that is in the world and how can I fix it and then they go off and um they go off and fix it so your your product is called root tip um what has been the journey from your idea to where you are now you know what what's taken you from this great eureka moment to actually having a product that you can offer to customers 
Sure, great question. I, I think it's all about the journey, right? Uh, and 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 uh, and uh, I love product development in in that sense that you you think one thing and then you start the journey and you end up as uh, somewhere totally different. And that's the beauty of that journey. <clears throat> as you know, as part of that, you learn how the world works and 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 how you can actually add value. Um, I think one of the sort of personal. Uh, visions for me was that how do we enable people to actually tip people on the supply chain? Uh, and that was very important to me. Again, going back to that uh, piece that I read about the coffee supply chain, I was like, how do I enable people to actually enjoy the coffee, read about that, uh, the story of that coffee? So they scan the QR code, they see exactly where it was grew. So it was in, the, in this mountainous uh, part of Guatemala. It was done by uh, by Frank, I can read about Frank and his family and all that is beautiful stuff. But now I can actually go and and maybe send him twenty p. Uh, again, that's not a lot for us in, in in London. But if Frank can receive five of those a day, that that could have an impact on on on, on him and his family. Um, so hence the name Root Tip. Uh, so it was like the the tips of the roots of the, the of the supply chain, but also tipping the roots. Uh, of where the products come from um uh, uh but but you know you you build something and 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 that's that that's part of the whole uh, sort of a startup thing that they're trying to figure out exactly where you add value and what we learn is that customers love um people story cards and we're going to go back to that and our learnings and, and and what people really loved about those but um um, unfortunately, tipping didn't really sort of kick off. I think I think we are. It's a cultural thing that we are used to tip somebody that brings us food in a restaurant or take us from A and B as a taxi driver. But when you know uh, we tested with end consumers, they were like, "Why should I tip this person? You know, I've already paid for this bag. I've already paid for that product." Um, so it's it's, it's a more of a sort of mental barrier. Barrier, I think. As technology makes this more easier for us to have a better uh, sort of um, view on where products come from and, and have direct relationship with those people and, and give back to where, uh, to those who make uh, products for us, I think this is going to change. But it, this is a very long term. It's not a very short term mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's to do with connection, isn't it? I think it's to do with connection and supply chain, like you said uh, earlier on. So I think people see the end product on the supermarket shelf or in the clothing store or whatever, they don't connect in any way with where it came from before that. And so Mm -hmm. to to ask them to contribute to something further back in the supply chain is just a bit kind of, I I don't, I don't get it. You might, you might get it on some level, but you don't get it emotionally because we've been trained by our economic system, our sort of market system that we pay as little as we can for the product at the end of the day and it's kind of someone else's problem I guess what happens further back in the supply chain so I hope what you're talking about comes to pass because I think when people do start connecting emotionally with the whole supply chain the planet the people all Mm -hmm. involved then maybe they will want to get I really hope so. No, absolutely, absolutely. And, and and this goes back to another line that is my favorite, that when we buy something cheap in the West, someone very poor has paid for that. Yes, I agree. And, and, that, and, and that's very true, unfortunately. And and, and that, that goes back to that you know, notion of connection with people. Um, there is another uh, part to this that, you know, when I, you know, started 
thinking about, you know, why should we care about where products come from? And I, I came to this realization that actually this is not a very natural state of things for human beings. Like we didn't live like this before. Uh, like before industrial revolution, if I needed a hammer, I'm a farmer in this village and I need a hammer. I just go to John, who's a blacksmith. He knows me. I know him. Uh, I, I buy a hammer from him. I know where who made the hammer. I know where the iron ore came, you know, 20 miles down the line from the uh, sort of mine. Uh, close to our the village uh, and he will come and collect his uh, payment as a sack of grain at the end of harvest season he knows where his grain comes from and he has that relationship with me so even you know this sort of very benign transactional you know uh, commodity uh, of uh, of a day-to-day life had human interaction very very rich human interaction until the industrial revolution and we've lost that connection unfortunately mm. so when we talk about stories of product and why those are important it's not just about you know we, we care about the environment and people and stuff it's good for us you know mm. knowing where the products that is you know, I'm, I'm consuming for my breakfast where it came from who actually made that makes me a happier person because these are these are part of who we are as a human being yeah i can, couldn't agree with you more you know i, I feel like that you're saying things that i in my head and I say all the time (laughs) the other interesting thing is my last guest on the podcast um Anil Kumar Ambavaram I met him um online um oh must be seven or eight years ago now and he was setting up a product he had a product idea called tip for change Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh, and that's how we got in, in contact it was just he has and again it hasn't come off so now he works with um regenerative cotton farmers uh and mm-hmm. but he was trying to raise that whole supply chain thing there so i think there's a lot of people with similar thoughts about connection and mm-hmm. how we connect everybody all the way through and i completely agree with you it's so we talk a lot about mental health now and rightly so but our mental health will be improved with bigger greater connectivity to what we're the inputs and outputs of our life won't it so it's it's really really important okay so um we talked a lot about storytelling and obviously storytelling is what where does it come from is about it's about what what root tip is about so why why do you think for um consumers but also for businesses why is it so important to start to tell stories as part of change? And what are the benefits all the way along? We've covered some of this, but I'm thinking for businesses as well as consumers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and this is crucial. I think one of the things that we need to change as part of this dialogue is that, you know, you, you, you don't do transparency just because you want to be nice. Uh, there, there is a serious you know, business case behind it. Why to be transparent business? Uh, and, and this is so important as part of this sort of culture change for consumers and also for businesses to actually, you know, why we should do transparency and how we do that. Um, and, and, and again, as part of our journey, we learned a lot, you know, where you can actually build business case, what are the benefits of being transparent. Um, so to share a few, um, uh, I think one of the uh, the you know, obvious ones that, you know, we, we knew that it could actually happen, but then now we got hard evidence. It's just uplift of sales. You know, when customers land on your product page, when customers are in a retail space, you know, uh, the deciding whether or not buy your product or go for another one next to it, um, 
it downs to it's it comes down to those beautiful stories that you've already created as a sustainable ethical business uh, and uh, and those stories those impact actually creates a you know uh, a stronger connection with your product and, and and gets people excited about your product and and uh, and and also you're selling to the you know, if you're a sustainable business, you are probably targeting sustainable oriented people. So they care about this. So they can see the values are shared and, and, and they now they have a, a sort of much easier ways to, to actually sort of make a decision to buy, to actually buy that product. So it's just sales conversion uplift, very obvious, basic ones. Um, another one is uh, around uh, premium price justification. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, again, creating a sustainable ethical supply chain is costly and, and, and it's difficult to do that. And, and that pushes your costs and pushes your pricing up. Uh, and again, if you're not transparent, you're not showing why this premium price exists. And, and again, being transparent is a way to actually uh, have a better sort of premium price justification. Uh, and it goes down to sort of uh, the operational stuff. Again, you know, anybody can just go modify the website, add the stories and uh, the way that they want into like product pages and things like that. But again, it's very hard if anybody with a Shopify WordPress uh, the sort of website knows that managing this content, again, if you add all these stories, you're going to have like two, two kilometers pages for your product pages. Uh, and customers will not go through all of that. It's not in, uh, sort of user-friendly. Every time you want to change anything, you have to go find a page, you know, change it. And, and if it's embedded in a number of different pages, you have to go to in each individual one and change that. It just becomes a nightmare to, to manage that content. So again, uh, with, with this technology, we can make that sort of content management very easy. So you just create a story cards as if you are you know, on a social media creating a story and add a picture, add a stories and things like that. And then, you know, you decide that this is, a, you know, attach this story card to this product or attach it to all the products that are under this collection very easily. If you want to change it, you just go in one place, you sort of modify that story card. So it really helps with the operation side of things. And um, it also uh, adds a uh, sort of analytics learnings from your uh, and an insight to your customers and to your uh, e-commerce and, and 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 retail space in a way that you can actually get feedback that okay how many of the stories have been viewed when you know, which were you know what what which story has actually got the most engagement so you you better understand which stories of your uh, the products customers really actually care about. You know, you thought actually getting that certification or or bringing your carbon footprint for that uh, process was very important. But then you see actually customers care about your water consumption. And this is really, really vital for them. So so this is a way to actually have a better insight on what customers actually want. And uh, uh, so you can uh, adjust your operation uh, in, a, in a better way. And, and of course, at the end of the day, it's creating that, you know, uh, customer engagement, uh, sort of uh, brand awareness, brand loyalty, repeat purchase from customers because they have that connection now with your products. And and going back to the learnings, customers love people's story cards. And that this was a huge uh, sort of surprise for us. We knew they were important, but like compared to a certification or all these uh, environmental impact uh, sort of a story cards, when customers see the picture of the person who made that product for them, they ju- their face just lights up. 
and, and, and it has a lot more impact. Again, it goes back to what we were talking about. It's human to human connection. Again, you create a human connection for your brand. Uh, and uh, again, marketing gurus have been talking about that for ages. Uh, so it's not, we're not reinventing uh, the wheel. It's, it's, we, we all knew that's important, but, but creating uh, sort of recognition for people who are in your supply chain actually creates a more human brand uh, and, and enables you to have a better connection with your customers. So these are, these are massive benefits for transparency that justifies why we should invest, all of us, we should invest uh, in, in to create a more transparent world. No, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more, which won't surprise you at all. Um, in terms of websites and the technology behind it, I mean, obviously, um, the brand that I set up 10 years ago, where does it come from? We've been telling stories now all the time. And we we did it exactly as you say. So every mm-hmm. product has a page which has a story, which has video and, you know, photos and text. And the customer has to go and find that. And exactly. as you know, a few years ago, when we well, not only did it take up huge amounts of space, but the customer has to go and make that effort to find that journey. And although you put a link on the product page to do that, they're not so keen to do that if they can't nope, see something not. simple. So with our old website, as you know, we did have that on there. And I I have an action to get the web developer to put them on the new website as well. <laughs> because I think one thing I really liked about it was that you could have, for example, we might have a cotton spinner in a cooperative who span the cotton for or was involved in spinning the cotton for one product, but also another product. So then you can use that story card across exactly. the different products. And then also organizations that we've worked with, you know, with your Barty, Camille, Moral Fiber mm-hmm. Fabrics. We haven't just worked with them with one product set. We work with several. So you're not duplicating all that information, wasting valuable web resources, you know, and, and customer time. So so, yeah, I think it's a, a really nice, simple way. And I also like the feature that Root Tip has with the map so that a customer can take a glance at a map and see that, for example, with our products, they're all made within a couple of hundred kilometers. Mm-hmm. Of the cotton grows, the spinning, weaving, whatever. And then it comes over to the UK, whereas in a lot of organizations, that product could have gone all over the world, you know, raw material Absolutely. printed here, buttons there, whatever. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a really good um it's a really good tool and I can certainly we're planning to get it back on the web, the new version of where does it come from website very soon if anyone's listening the other thing I wanted to say was um from what you're saying it's not just sales it's also um ESG isn't it so um a lot of businesses now are being targeted on things like the sustainable development goals they're looking to go for B Corp you have to have some kind of not exactly evidence but um what would you call it collateral i suppose to show that you have that transparency and those positive benefits and so having stories built up and proper connections with organizations with makers you know it gives you that collateral as well so it's not just sales obviously sales are kind of a business without sales but your esg and your other it's giving you that um base of content as well to help you with that so I think that's Absolutely. another one for businesses to think about. Absolutely. And, and there are a lot of new regulations coming into uh, the place, especially in Europe. Uh, I think next year, businesses over the 400 million revenue have to start reporting on their sustainability um, uh, uh, stuff. But then that's going to gradually come down all the way to SMEs and smaller businesses. Yeah. As we go, so in in you know five to ten years time, this is not just a nice to have. This is a 
this is a regulation uh, uh, the sort of uh, compliance issue. This has always been my goal, though, and I'm sure it's yours as well, that we don't call businesses, we don't say ethical business anymore. They're just business. Businesses have to be there, have to do it. Exactly. And I don't believe that that many businesses, unfortunately, you were talking earlier about bad businesses, good businesses, whatever. I think there will always be some who are purely thinking about the profit and they don't mind they don't want to think about the suffering perhaps that that has caused, you know, and I don't think those ever those people will ever voluntarily change because their mind doesn't work that way. So we have to have laws to make exactly. them work. Exactly. We have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the other thing we were talking about storytelling and we focused a lot about point of sale and businesses using storytelling to help with their sales and their marketing and their ESG um, work. One thing that you and I have talked about as well is storytelling within the supply chain and storytelling from the perspective of the person telling the story because I think we can always get a little bit caught up in the sales side of things but I think there's a lot of benefits for the people within the supply chain to tell their story in the way they want to tell it Um, and what's your thoughts on that? Yeah this is very interesting actually Um, uh, there there are so again, to be transparent as a transparency toolmaker, uh, there, we had occasional uh, sort of encounters with clients that actually the people on the supply chain, they were worried that they didn't want to show their faces or their names and things like that. Again, we were working with, uh, for example, brands that, uh, that were helping people who were, for example, uh, uh, working in the, the sex uh, the, the industry before, or, or they had other sort of, uh, sort of, uh, the issues like poverty that they didn't want to actually put their face out there and say, yes, I was part of this. Um, um, so, so again, we had another, we went through another learning curve that actually you can be transparent without, uh, the, without, you know, uh, but, but also be anonymous at the same time. This is another thing. Again, some businesses also don't want to show exactly where their supply chains are because they're worried that competitors would copy that. Uh, again, that's another thing that we saw as part of And again, we designed a platform and we came to this notion that uh, you, you can be anonymous but transparent. These, these are not uh, competing elements. Um, so, for example, uh, for for people who uh, uh, who don't want to share their names or faces, you know, you, you can actually take a picture from their bag, the working, and uh, that that doesn't show their face. They they could have pseudonyms and things like that, but they can still talk about their their story and 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 and, and, uh, and the amazing journey that they had, and the impact of the brand and the business that gave them the job and all that beautiful stuff. And also having just understanding who this person is that has made that product for you, uh, and all the way to businesses that you know they can actually create. You can show that, you know, it came from a meal in, uh, the, in Cornwall, uh, and then went to this processing place in, <laughs> uh, the, the, in Swindon. But you don't have to name that business again. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, these are other elements that you, you know, you mentioned the map exactly. Customers love visual things. You know, a picture t- uh, speaks a thousand words and, and, and they just see that where, where it's coming from. They don't need to know where the business is and what the name of that business, but they can actually see where the product actually traveled uh, uh, and how it get actually got to their hand. And going back to your first point uh, uh, around, you know, why people and how they actually actually like to share their stories. This was very interesting for me. I was sort of involved with this uh, the production line in India 
uh, in fashion industry, and, and we we were just doing a pilot talking to the to the people uh, on the on, on in the factory, and they were like, "I don't really care about the tips, uh, you know. Yeah, sure, they can send me money, but I really love the fact that when somebody buys this luxury uh, sort of handbag uh, in a fancy retail shop in New York, Paris, or London, they see my face and they can see who actually made that." And I was like, of course, like, uh, you know, fundamentals of human needs, like recognition, mm-hmm. you know, more than the financial incentives, just these workers, they love the fact that people recognize them yeah. as, as someone who has actually made those uh, uh, fancy products that are sold for hundreds of dollars. Uh, and, and this was so interesting. I was huge learning. Again, it has a lot of benefits for the uh, employees or for the workers. Uh, and and the fact that again, not only you create a connection, human connection for the customers, you also from the other side you you are uh, creating connection for your employees, for your for the people who are involved in making your products uh, with their customers, and that that has a huge impact on their lives as well. No, I think that's really interesting. I, you just reminded me um, again on the last episode with Anil, he said he was telling us a story of how they took a T-shirt back to one of the farmers the end t-shirt that they'd made for a festival in the Netherlands. And they brought the t-shirt back to the farmers. And there was an old man, he said, a 70 year old man who was holding this t-shirt saying it's the first time I've ever. Oh my God. Something known where the cotton that I farm has gone to, you know, and it it is, I think it's, I think you're right. It's recognition. It's, it's almost valuing respect, isn't it? Valuing people, respecting people for their skills. Again, when I was in India, um, well, a few years ago now, 2016, I was visiting um, the cooperatives in Gujarat, or Jogbati cooperatives. And um, I went into the cooperative with my um, friend and supplier, Shalini. And there was, it was the, uh, it was a, they were spinning cotton, but using solar power. And they were very proud to show us this sort of innovation, how they were doing this. And there was a lady who was spinning and she kept catching my eye. And I kept saying to Shalini, I know her. I know her face from somewhere. How do I know this woman? You know, I've gone to the other side of the world. And she said, oh, she was in your stories. She was in one of the, she was involved in making one of the other things. And this woman, she was waving at me after a while. She she was waving. And I went over with a translator and she said, yes, yes, I was in your story. I was in your story. And of course, she then had to pose again and be be (laughs) in the war story. But she was so happy. And I was so happy because we did it. It was really wonderful. So if anyone goes on to the Where Does It Come From stories and sees a smiling lady spinning solar cotton, that was her. <laughs> exactly, and it goes back again to to that idea of that the natural state of things for human beings. Again, we treat things that have just grown in the supermarket shelves. Where, whereas, like you know, in that example, prior to the industrial revolution, I would go to somebody. I had I would show them respect when I got the product from them. They would show me respect when I got the product uh, from them, and 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 they would come and get the commodities in return. Uh, and, and and we don't do that anymore. You know, we, we just we, we were totally disconnected, and and this is the problem with all the mental health issues that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I, again, this is so vital that we we use technology in the modern world to actually uh, solve the problems that the modern world has actually created, and, and this is uh, this is part of that journey. It is that's a real opportunity, isn't it? So there's, there's things we recognize need mending, and mm-hmm. I think with 
technology, but particularly since the pandemic, we've all become much more aware of global connection using tools like Zoom that we're doing right now. You know, and I think we can use the tools to tell the stories, to build those kinds of connections and then and rebuild some of what we've lost over the previous 100 years or so. I mean, I'm thinking of um, things that Gandhi actually going back to India, Gandhi used to talk about was that connecting again with the farmers, the people whose hands are dirty. So mm-hmm. at the moment, we've our, our model pushes back those people with the dirty hands mm-hmm. to be something we don't want to see is you know it's not something we don't want to know about we want to have our food in the supermarket wrapped in cling film we want to have our clothes looking shiny and new and clean we don't want to think about how the fact that the cotton grew in the ground that your clothes were your, your food come, was grew in the ground or came from an animal or something like that and we want to we need to use the technology to retell those stories which is i think a real opportunity and i think businesses are really recognizing that so if you look at um example marks and spencer or abel and cole they're telling the stories they have the farmer standing in the field you know they have the someone talking to their animals that they're they're going to um have made into meat or whatever so i think businesses are recognizing the value of those stories and the value of those connections which is really important absolutely absolutely no future is bright we just need to work hard and it requires a lot of collaboration it's a very very big vision you know changing the how the retail works that that's that's not easy and uh nobody can do that on their own so we all have to be collaborative and that's part of our dna just collaborating with anyone like retailers brands suppliers uh we we all have to work together to enable a more transparent world yeah i think i think you're absolutely right i think it comes from this almost grassroots level of people and organizations who want this to change. Mm-hmm. And then coming from the top, we need the laws to make the people who don't want to change, change. And to get, together, we can make that happen. I've always found working in um, the sort of ethical business space, social enterprise space, that spirit of collaboration is very strong. We don't exactly. tend to compete <clears throat> in the same way. It tends to be about collaboration, which I think is personally, I much prefer to work that way so it's always, it's always a good thing Absolutely. so um, this brings us on to then tell us about um some of your success stories are you allowed to name names about people you've worked with and um, what differences have you made to your clients and their makers sure i think um again going back to this the, the benefit of we always really focus on those and and and, and again uh, enabling clients to you know improve their conversion rates uh, um, um, online, uh, enabling them to sell in a store more. We had a client that even uh, used the sort of uh, QR code storytelling as a sales tool on the floor. Uh, so that the 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 people on the shop floor would actually go and and scan and then ta- when they're talking to the customer they can actually go through the stories show them the videos show them the pictures and the map and all that talk about the brand and the product um uh, uh so again it really enables sort of uh going back to the hardcore business case that enabling sort of uh the the conversion rate of of sales but also we um i love it when when customers come back when they go live and they get feedback from their customers and they come back and say oh ali i got this email from a customer they were like they were delighted when they went through the shopping floor and they could see exactly where the product came from who actually made it what's the social impact what's the environmental impact what are the stgs sustainable development goals by un that they act this product is actually contributing towards so they could actually go through that 
uh, and, and those kind of things uh, that, uh, uh, that, uh, that that has been sort of uh, sort of reproduced with, with every client that we work. So um, we prefer not to name names, <laughs> but but basically these are the success stories of, of of clients that essentially from sort of brand building all the way to conversions and and, and sales, how they've actually managed to uh, sort of improve their business and and have a very hardcore business case for transparency. So if if another manager comes in that is just money oriented and doesn't care about the environment or the ethics and eth- anything like that still they can see in black and white this is important this this is this needs to be there uh so we have no problem actually making those cases i think that, that's so important isn't it it's a shame you won't name and do the opposite of shame but i understand that your clients <laughs> may not may not want to know that all their success comes through root tip <laughs> I appreciate it thank you <laughs> um no so it, it's it's a fascinating thing what do you think comes next for root tip um what's the what do you think is going to be happening next i know you're always constantly developing new features Exactly. Well, yeah, as a, yeah, we love developing new stuff and 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 creating more uh, sort of uh, the uh, better tools essentially uh, to 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 create a uh, to create this new uh, sort of uh, uh, transparent world. But uh, I think we identify two major elements for us. Uh, these are the two uh, major uh, sort of development streams at the moment for us. One is to how do we automate this sort of the whole transparency process? At the moment, it's super easy for you to actually go create story cards and attach it. We got our own Shopify app and and, and a widget that somebody can actually drop them in the website very easily. So some sometimes. People are uh, the, the the biggest blocker for them is like, oh my god, I have to go through all this, you know, huge project to actually enable that. And what we've learned and what we uh, sort of uh, always advocate is that think about the transparency as a journey. Uh, like sustainability is not something like you just take, you know, one, two, three, and then now you're transparent. It's just that you gradually add more resolution to that picture. So start with what you have, and and so as part of that process, we enable clients to actually go live within a day. Uh, if somebody can actually go live within half an hour, basically. So it's super easy. But again, adding more information to that picture and, and creating more transparency, um, uh, we, we're trying to automate that more. So for example, we're working on this um, artificial intelligence tool that can scan uh, the web and and bring the stories and and data from your suppliers. So so you're working with like ten different suppliers, and just you hit the button, the AI goes away, uh, find all these important stories and and information, and brings it back uh, and creates the story cards for you. And, and again, okay, now you know it's done. You know I could have done that, but it have taken me a couple of days, and now the AI has done it within minutes. So that that's one part that we've already done the uh, sort of first MVP version of it, uh, which has been very successful. And it's very as a as a geek, uh, yeah, of course. I'm geeking. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, ooh. Although I've been reading stuff about um, AI over the weekend, where they when they couldn't find sources, the tool was making it up. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to be a bit careful about that one. I think you always um, need to check it. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is very crucial. That we've actually worked on that part. That okay, whatever story that comes in, we need to actually attach the source of the yeah. as an evidence. Actually, where did that? Where did they find that? So, so the customer can actually go and say, 
actually you made a mistake this doesn't mean this <laughs> and things like that but also having them as a as a evidence so they can use it in their own uh, because we we got this feature for story cards uh, as evidence so you, you make a claim that you've done this but again what are the uh, for example you say uh, you know we we pay our uh, our employees fairly uh, or living wages and things like that but again what are the evidence of that so the customers can actually flip the story cards look at the evidence and you can attach documents write commentary even attach the location and time stamps to the story cards and things like that and I think so that, you need to do that for legal reasons. I mean, with this, the greenwashing laws are getting stronger exactly. and stronger, and rightly so. Exactly, and and this is so, super important. Um, but so that's one stream, sort of automating and make it uh, every day, make it even more, uh, easier and easier. Uh, and uh, the second one is obviously everybody is now. Uh, sort of uh, really concerned about their carbon footprint, uh, their water consumption, really calculating stuff rather than just talking about the stories. Um, uh, as a descriptive story cards, we're now looking at like how do we actually calculate the stuff? Um, so that's another really big stream for us that, that we're working. Uh, uh, so ho- hopefully uh, uh, by the end of this quarter, we can have the MVP of that so that our clients actually can go through a product and uh, sort of define the process and then as part of that they can actually calculate what's the capital footprint of this product what's the water consumption of that product how much have i improved in the past year what are my targets for next year what are the elements that i want to use and, and then they actually go back and, and then revise it and then because all of that is done on our platform they can easily create a story cards and, and then share that with their customers uh, and be super transparent about their journey and how they're doing that uh, again, it's um, I find it a bit um, ambiguous because there there's not just one method of doing these sort of things. People have different ways of doing, and and uh, we're also very conscious that customers, you know, could potentially people can actually use our tools for greenwashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're very uh, conscious of that. We we actually select our customers. We our product is not uh, freely available online for somebody to just you know, sign up and pay for the product and start using it. We actually have a due diligence process that we actually meet with our customers, go through their process, really making sure they, they are who they claim they are and what they do. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, again, essentially, we select our customers, which is I not... really like that. I think that's great. If we, all, if, we, if we could all do that, if all businesses could do that, because my dream would be that, no no surprise to anyone listening, that we we make far less in the world you know we produce far less and we consume far less but if we could whatever we do create if it's done really well you know with lots of great stories and connections and you only work with the people that you want to work with because you believe in what they're doing I mean that that's just a great world I think to live in absolutely absolutely Mm, that's a good one um you wanted to talk about end user testing have you been doing some work with that as well yeah, that, that that was a very interesting one. That the, there were two the the biggest learnings we had from those exercises were like first just seeing how customers love people's story cards that we mentioned that that was the biggest learning. Uh, another you know learning that really surprised me I must say was that you know we we selected these uh, the, the essentially the the users that were just selected randomly from all back, uh, sort of backgrounds so there were people who 
did not care about the, the environment. They were like, when I buy the products, I, I only look at like price design and the quality and things like that. I don't care about sustainability or ethics. Uh, but even those people, when they went through the shopping flow and they saw the story cards at the end of the uh, flow, when we went back and asked them how they found it, they loved it. And, and they, they were like, oh, this is interesting. I learned something. I didn't know organic cotton is this and that. And this is so important. I didn't know that the, the, uh, that, that such ex- uh, certification exists. Uh, I really like the idea that I could see who actually made it. And I read a couple of story cards and I, that was really interesting. Now I'm going to, I can see how more connected I'm going to be with this product. I'm going to take care of that product more. And they were like, I can see these story cards actually influence my decision making when I'm deciding where or not to purchase that product. So that was a big uh, learning for us that, you know, and, and it essentially surprised us also because we're like people who care about this stuff. Obviously, this is going to have an impact and they're already asking for them. And, and, and now they're getting the stories. They're going to be happy. But the, even people who did not care, it, it showed that it has an educational element to it. And it has an influence element, uh, influential element to it. So uh, uh, it was, I was uh, I was so pleasantly surprised to see even you know those kind of reaction with, with with people who don't even care. Uh, and and this is essentially what we need to do to to do more of uh, the transparency to actually change the world, not just the way that the business works, but also create. Uh, the, the culture for consumers that they essentially demand this. Uh, they, they, every time they, they are making a product, they've done it so much in so many different times that uh, and, and different environment that if somebody doesn't do it, they're like, oh, why don't you do that? It, it makes me, it sort of confirms a thought that I'd had that a lot of people who say they don't care, it's because of where they are on their journey. It's kind of exactly. a connection journey. Yeah. So they the reason they don't care is because they're, if you think of it as a hierarchy i guess they're at the top still so and and there's a lot of reasons for that there's no there's no blame here you know sometimes people have other things that they need to think about like the price mm-hmm. and they've got other things going on in their life you know but part of that connection journey is helping them take steps and we're, we're all on a different place in that journey you know so Absolutely. if we can move them along the journey towards a bit more connectivity that's good for the world but it's also good for their mental health as well as we were saying earlier so absolutely absolutely and there is another element of sustainability to to that that again customers having more connection to a product take care of that product so they end up in the landfill uh less likely and and and, and they use it more uh so so there is that element as part of the the the, the sustainability is big again we're talking about that the in another session that, you know, sustainable, we look at sustainability of the product from production to sale. We don't look at the sort of usage to actually make that full circle. Yeah. And, and this is the other side of it. How do we actually make the usage more sustainable? And again, transparency and telling the story makes that part more sustainable. Yeah. And it, you and I have talked about, as you say, the whole almost like the, the cradle to grave philosophy so you've got the cotton growing in the field you tra- you have a stories all the way through till the till it goes back to the earth yeah. again at the end and if you could track with a story who had owned this thing you know what have they done with it did it get upcycled into something else i'm thinking of clothes here rather than food but you yeah. know even with food maybe not too far to the end with food <laughs> but you but you know that whole idea of um 
the story all the way through. So it's a, it's something quite fascinating. As you know, we're working on a project um, at the moment for uh, genes. We're going to be working with Tardy Organic Genes and um, Ali hopefully is going to be involved in that project and yeah, very excited about that project. yeah it should be really exciting and the idea is taking the regenerative cotton from the beginning um we're working through uh, with our suppliers make the genes with our partners um this project's called sanja stories it's a collaborative um project and um the customer will get the opportunity to customize their um designs the way they want and then we hope so they'll go onto the storytelling platform and be able to say, yes, I had this. And then I passed it on to my sister or I sold it on eBay. And you, know, you, you ask each new owner to claim it and talk about it and what they've done to it all the way to the end. So that's what we envisage anyway. We hope for fingers crossed. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure I'll tell people a lot more about that project when it's a little bit further along. Um, okay, so you mentioned that you're very selective about your customers. Um, if there are businesses who are listening to this podcast and they want to get in touch with you and you can talk about whether you want to work together, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. So so we live uh, on rutip.io, <laughs> R-O-O-T-I-P.io. Uh, my email is ali, A-L-I, at rutip.io. They can just send me an email or find me on the LinkedIn, send me a message there. Uh, we would love to hear uh, what the, their journey, uh, what they want to. Again, we're looking for collaboration. Sometimes uh, they have really interesting idea and we can be a tech partner to actually enable that. Uh, feature for them um, sometimes it's just a matter of us sharing our knowledge uh, and, and our learning uh, through this journey and enable them to be more transparent uh, using how they can actually use our tool we're always happy to show a demo have a conversation see where they are on their journey sometimes you know a, a, a business is not uh that's sustainable and ethical. Again, the, the idea is that how willing and how, you know, how much you want to actually be moving on that journey. Again, we can be part of that conversation and, and enable you to actually create a project around that and, and learn from that. Uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's about your, your willingness to actually do that and how genuine you are about creating an impact. And then we help you to actually communicate that impact to your customers. Um, so yeah, and, and we're all about collaboration, you know, consultancy firms, uh, or, uh, even retailers that, that they, they want to do sort of pilot projects, help their customers. They want to be part of our network so we can introduce uh, them to our clients. We're all uh, uh, up for that. It's all about collaborative uh, sort of uh, uh, framework it's because we need to change the world. And that's very hard. <laughs> so it's part of our DNA to actually collaborate and, and, and help each other to actually cha- make that vision work. I think that, that sums it up beautifully because I think... Anybody who is on that journey, wherever you are in that journey, if you're willing to take the steps, there are people who will help you do it. And as Ali says, there are plenty of people, and I'm one of them, happy to work with businesses and say, well, where are you now? What is the change that you are aiming for? And let's work out a roadmap to get you to that place you want to be. And then that story can be told because it is about that willingness to change and, um, and then shout about it because you're you're then going to become one of the leaders who are influencing other people to make those changes 
Exactly. And it's all about leveraging that network. You know, if somebody comes to us and say, oh, how do I do this? And I'm like, okay, maybe I don't have that uh, knowledge, but I know Joe. Uh, make an introduction you help them with that specific journey and then they can use our tool for communication of their impact and things like that it's all about even even connecting brands and suppliers you know, somebody comes in and says, I, I am looking for organic cotton in india can you introduce somebody a- again it's all about that and and we don't charge anybody for any of these sort of things it's just part of our community that we help each other. I think, I think that, that again, that's a really good point. Community. So if you are wanting to change, there are a huge number of people who really want to help you to do that. And, you know, we're all part of networks. Ali's and my networks will overlap, but we'll both have other people that, you know, the other one doesn't know. And it's sharing all of that um, so that you can find the right people um, find the right information and knowledge that you need to be able to start along or continue along that journey to be where you want to be. So it's about knowing where you want to be and finding the help to get you to where you want to be. Absolutely. And Rootip root tip is a fantastic tool with that. Um, that's one thing to say with Rootip as well as a tech, fellow technology geek. A few years ago when um, I first got Rootip put onto our old website, the way that it works is that you can create a story card and just reuse that story card over and over again. So you might decide to document the story of one product, but that will have lots of different parts to it. When you come to do the next story, you've probably got done some of that one already. So the second one's easier and the third one's easier and the fourth one's easier. Absolutely. So don't be afraid that it have all this hard work. You can just do one product. Then a little bit later, you could do another product, you know. Exactly, exactly. And we, we have around like 300 predefined stories, what we call them. So all these different sort of concepts, like uh, we empower women, mm-hmm. you know, we got a story card for that. Uh, uh, so you don't have to do that from scratch. You just select that and add your commentary and your evidence and start using that. So it's, it's an easy step to take. Anyway, I'm going to um, say thank you very much to Ali now for joining me on the Where Does It Come From podcast. It's been fascinating. If you look at the um, text that comes with this podcast, we'll have links there. So you, as Ali's mentioned, his email and root tip um, IO, you can go and visit those websites, get in touch with Ali. That will all be there. This podcast will be um, on a number of different platforms. So please rate it on the platform that you like and follow us. And then also the video will go onto YouTube. So if you want to actually watch us talking to each other, then you can do that as well. Um, and again, please follow us and um, comment and like it on um, YouTube. The reason for doing that is because it shares it shares the podcast with more and more people. The more people like it and follow it, the more people get to see it. And that's what we want to spread the word. So, again, thank you very much, Ali, for joining us on the Where Does It Come From podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having us. And hopefully we can change the world together. That's all that matters. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Where Does It Come From podcast. Please rate us on your platform and follow us so that we can share this podcast with more people. And if you'd like to find out more about the work of Where Does It Come From, please visit our website on wheredoesitcomefrom.co.uk for kind clothes that tell tales.